This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. I don't want us to go into deep theology this morning. Let's do a simple analysis of the scripture. Who is speaking? God. God said, I sought for a man that will stand in the gap that I will not destroy the man, the land. God is still seeking for men today. I sought for a man. One of the prayers I pray, because God saved as a teenager. Remember I said that. I used to live on the Lake Axis in Lagos. I used to pray in my heart. And then I used to pray as a pastor in the church. I said, in my lifetime on this corridor, that God will never be able to say, I sought for a man and I found none. As long as I live, that God, I don't want God to be able to say that. I sought for a man. I sought for a man. God is still looking for a man on whose shoulders a nation can be built. God's greatest need on earth is to find a person. Most humans think that they have problems. There are many people you meet in life, maybe you're like that, maybe I'm like that, who think that their problem is money. If only I have money, I'll buy a house, I'll buy a car, I'll buy clothing. I'm blessed. But I want to give you a scenario. Imagine that you had all the money in the world. That you could buy any house you wanted. You could drive any car you wanted. You could wear any clothing. Your children can go to the best schools. You could afford the fees. And there's nothing money can buy, no matter what it is, that you could not afford. After that, what would you do with your life? If you are just 38 and you are worth so much, there's nothing you cannot afford. What would you believe in for? That tells you that there's more to life than money. I sought for a man. So the question is, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible, Genesis 1, 26, the Bible said that God said, and let us create man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. So the question I've always asked myself is, why did God Decide to create man. Did God have a need of man? There was no earth. So, to answer that question, I have to say, why did God decide to create the earth? Why? Why did God decide? Before there was earth, there was God. And the reason I can say that was because, is because the Bible says, in the beginning, God. By the way, the Bible also says, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the father, no, you didn't read the Bible, but the Bible didn't say the story. It says, the father, the word. You know why? Because before there was time, Jesus was never a son. He was the word. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. <laughs> Jesus became the son of God. 
that he might become the son of man, that he might save man from sin. This was an agreement between Jesus and God, or between the Word and the Father, that somebody has to rescue man, even before man is, man is going to fail. So let's pack that to one side. Let's come back. And God said, let us create man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion. And they mentioned over all the things of the earth. Let us create man. Why did God create the earth? Before there was the earth. Before there was man. Before there were humans. Mankind. So there was God and angels. There was fallen angels. Led by one of them. An archangel called the devil. So you just have these two types of spirits. There was God and angels. There was devil and demons. There was no earth as we know it. Even if there was one that was destroyed, there was no earth as we know it. And God said, let us create man in our image after our likeness and let them. God chose to create the earth because he wanted a place that was a colony of heaven. And he placed somebody, something that looked like him, to govern the colony as an extension of his kingdom. And he wanted to see how man could rule. He just, whether for pleasure, for fun, I'm going to create the earth as an extension of my kingdom. That's why the Bible says that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a colony of heaven, of the kingdom of God. And he placed man there. So it means that the purpose of man was to exercise dominion over the earth. God's original intent for man. I call it the concept of original intent. Let me explain what that means to me. I believe in principles, primary, the things that are primary, things that are fundamental. Because in this life, there are not many things that are very important. Many things look important, but they're not as important as they look. I have had experiences that taught me, for example... People say, I must go to that wedding. No, the only wedding you must go to is your own. You can go, but you mustn't go. Because if you don't come, the wedding will still happen. And they won't even know you didn't come. The people that came to my wedding is when I watch the video, I see them. I don't know who was there because you are living in a different cloud. It's not, you are not seen properly that day. Do you understand? So you mustn't go. You mustn't say, I must go. I must do. There are not many things you must do. There are a few things you must do. A lot of things you do is by choice. These are fundamental things. So there's a concept of original intent. For example, let's take marriage, something I have a great burden for. The Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, is it lawful for a man put away, put away his wife for every cause? Jesus answered them and said, have you never read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female and said for this cause, Shall a man leave father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? Then they said to him, Why did then, why then did Moses command us to write a bill of divorcement? And he said, Because of the hardness of your heart. Before then he said, What God has, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And they said, But if what you're saying is true, why did Moses allow us to write a bill of divorcement? So he said, Because of the hardness of your heart. And then he says, but from the beginning, it was not so. So, let's go back. So, what is it that was so from the beginning? 
Somebody praise the Lord. Well, from God's original concept, when a man marries a woman, they're never supposed to divorce or separate. Because whenever it happens, it leaves damages that are irreparable. It damages society. It destroys society. Because in God's original intent, male and female were already one and one man, Adam. It's a very serious matter. Okay, let's leave it for one side. That's what the Bible says. They were naked and they were not ashamed. It means that in God's original plan, he didn't expect people to come together and to separate. That's why he hates divorce. And people ask all kinds of questions. This is a body of knowledge. The thing you must remember about marriage is that if God gives you a spouse, no matter the challenge you have, you can go to God. But if you give your wife, yourself a spouse, when trouble comes, you have to solve it by yourself. That's why most people don't make it, because they chose by themselves. So when there is trouble, they realize they can't handle it. They don't know how to report their spouse to God. Say, this woman you gave me, say it's my wife. See the way she's behaving. You know? God will say, don't worry. She's a queen. Just, she's just being formed. Don't worry. But most people are struggling. It's a different topic. Somebody praise the Lord. For those who are single, if you want to marry well, get your spouse from God. Don't get by dating. That's try your luck. Your luck will not work. Let me explain that. Because people don't know where I'm coming from. Let me explain. Don't clap. Let me explain. Because we have limited time. Because you're using my time to clap. Don't clap. <laughs> Let me explain. Let me explain. Dating is an American invention. It's a vocabulary or a word that came into English language at the beginning of the 20th century. Even in colonial America, man and woman, just like in old Israel, didn't come together. Okay? It's, it's the product of urbanization. No accommodation. People cannot... Because in, the, in colonial America, you can't come to a girl's house. They were chaperoned. You don't just come anyhow. People didn't marry by love. They married by character, family, quality. Think about the meaning. You want, to, you want to love somebody you don't know. You can't love somebody you don't know. You are just admiring the person's beauty or handsomeness. That's not love. Love is a decision to commit your life to somebody for the rest of your life. The love, that feeling comes after the commitment, not before. Anyway, let's leave that one. But God, so when you marry well, if you make a choice to a partner, there's no door of escape. You make your marriage work. It's a project that must work. Yes. And the moment you make up your mind and realize that God's choice for you even if you choose a million times, you can never make a choice better or superior to God's choice for you. God's choice for you factors all the seasons of your life. You don't know there were military officers who married, didn't know they would become general. When they became general, they changed wife. They said, this one will be general wife. Because they didn't know, because they chose. Because when God chooses for you, no matter what you become, it's factored in. Am I communicating? Yes. Praise the Lord. Say digression. One more point there. In making the choice for you, God considered everything. For example, I'm married next month, 18 years. My wife has three-end master's degree. And she's a PhD candidate. In a few months or years, she'll get a PhD. I have only one degree. Only one from Ife. Praise God. <laughs> but even if she wants to get more degrees, she can get. The only degree in her father's name is the first one. All the rest in my name. So, (laughs) 
So, when they call her, if I like, I come out. They say, who are you? I say, it's my name you called. I'm not intimidated by her degrees. Because in the calling I received from God, I'm eminently equipped and qualified. So, I can't go to school to get degrees so I can join everybody when I already have enough degree for my calling. So, I don't need to be rolling up and down, okay? And everything she's doing, I work with her to achieve it. There's no intellectual gap between me and her. But the main point I wanted to make, when God chose her as my wife before we were born, he knew I'm the kind of man that will allow her to get degrees. Some men will not. Yes. I'm not perfect, though. I'm not perfect. But he knew that when she said she wants to go, she went to Harvard. I didn't say, what do you mean? Well, how many degrees do you even want to get? I didn't talk like that. God knew the kind of person I was and joined us together. Somebody shout hallelujah. But God is looking for a man. A man he can trust. A man he can trust. He found a man in Abram. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Watch this. How do you become a man? Watch this. Nations are built on men. Now, verse 1, the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, three deliverances, from your country, from your kindred, and from your father's house, and go unto a land I will show thee. Then he gave me a sevenfold promise. Look at verse 2. It says, And I will make of thee a great nation. Somebody praise the Lord. I will make of a man, a man, a nation. I will make of one man, a nation. Nations are built on men, not on politics or party. Don't let the party confuse you and the politics. If the man is not a man and is the aspirant, you are doomed. Nations are built on men. He said, Abraham, I need you to partner with me because I'm going to build a nation on your shoulders. I will have to deal with the foundations of your life. You are an idolater and you are idolatrous. Leave your nation. Leave your kindred. Leave your father's house. I will give you a new and godly foundation. On that foundation, I build a brand new nation. And Abraham obeyed. Not knowing where he was going. And God started to work on Abraham's life. Look at Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. And when Abraham was 90 years was called at 75, 90 years. Do the math. 15 years after. Oh, older nine plus nine. The Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be what? You know the word, you mean the word perfect. Without blemish. Blameless. Everybody look up. Walk with me this morning. People say a man cannot be perfect. God says you're a liar. A man can be perfect. But what men mean by perfect, perfect is that what they're saying that a man cannot be sinless. God agrees. Because of Adam, nobody is sinless. But a man can be perfect. Perfect means the fear of God. A man can fear God. That fear can draw a boundary around you and limit where you go, what you do, what you say, what you look at. Even when people are not there. I travel a lot. I live in hotel rooms. I don't watch TV a lot. I try, but I, I'm really afraid of TV. 
The reason I fear TV is that it has the capability of corrupting me when I know I work so hard to be righteous. I don't know if you got the message. I'm not talking about the grace message people preach. The, the grace that doesn't stop you from sinning didn't come from heaven. Do you hear what I said? Grace was given to stop you from, to restrain you from sin. If you have grace and you're still sinning, that grace didn't come from God. Um, so, I, I don't watch TV, not because I'm not educated. I'm old school a little bit, and I'll explain that in a moment. But the reason is that I found that that screen has the power to corrupt me. They are showing me things I shouldn't be seeing. And it looks like child, like a joke. But I'm a man. I'm not a woman. Can I explain that? If you bring naked men and they line up here, most of the women here won't care. The reason is that a naked man doesn't mean anything to a woman. No. It's only the one she's interested in, which is a, a very serious choice she must make. It's not a casual choice, though. Before a woman, a woman said this. Uh, first lady would have said, Pastor Tunde, can I be the father of my children? She would be thinking about it. Is she really my husband? But he won't just see a man and follow. But men are different. Men have major problems. Major problems. By design, no. By, not by default, by design. Because even though it's from Adam, the problem men have is that just seeing is problem. You see, the people that are not married, they don't know what they're dealing with. The Bible says when male meets female, it's fire, fire. There's a spark. But most people don't know that. They are university campus, they are goofing around. That's why people become pregnant without marriage. Because it's fire. It's not that easy. So look at me, knowing that I already have a problem. I'm not balanced. I'll be watching TV. I can't do that. No. Somebody shout hallelujah. Do you not know that as a man, when I'm walking on the street, to stay sane, my eyes have to be looking straight. Yes. If you're a man, you go to bed at night, and you're seeing all the women you saw during the day and what they were wearing, you're already finished. Yes. That's how people fall into sin. You have to look straight. It's discipline that lasts a lifetime. Discipline that lasts a lifetime. How did I know that? When I read in the Bible that Paul the Apostle, an apostle said, I keep under my body. An apostle. I said, ah, God found Abraham. And he said, walk before me and be blameless. That word means without blemish. That word means whole. This was the word that was used to describe the sacrifices of the Old Testament. You can't sacrifice to God an animal with a blemish. It has to be a perfect animal. And God said to Abraham, this is my standard. But why was God demanding that standard? He wanted to build a nation. A nation. A nation. This is a principle. It's not a Christian principle because God is not a Christian. He's God. We are the ones that are Christians. I hope you're not confused. God is not a Christian. He's God. Why do I say this is a principle? Lee Kuan Yew of Singapore, who is considered the founding father, who is now late, died a few years ago. He was not a Christian the way you and I are in church this morning. But he built Singapore with a team. Before he died, he conducted a lot of interviews. One of the interviews he conducted, I read. He said, people accuse me of sharp practices in my life. The West called him a dictator because he was prime minister for so long. There are so many things about life. You know, if you have a president that rules for four years, after four years, you have another one, or maybe eight years, then you have another one. It's called democracy, but it's a problem. 
Because if you have a new father every four years, you'll be very bad. You'll turn out badly. I don't know if you understand. So, it's a different subject, but it means that if you're going to transform a nation, it's either you're having a common vision that cannot be changed by parties. That is that no matter which party, the vision of the country doesn't change. That's the only thing that will help us. Does that make sense? But it's not for a government to take one year, two years to prove that the previous government is bad. It's a waste of energy. Because when you leave, somebody will come and do the same with you. So it's a thing that doesn't lead us anywhere. But here's where I'm going. Follow me for a moment. Here's where I'm going. Lee Kuan Yu said, they've accused me of these sharp practices. And then he said, what do I have? He said, this documented. He said, I have a transformed nation, Singapore. He said, what did it cost me? My life. Nothing significant can happen on earth without a great price. No business, what its name, can be built without a price. Every shortcut people are seeking to take will cut them short in life. There is no fast way to become rich. It's dishonest money. Wealth is built. It's not something you meet by accident. If there was one secret to live life, is to have a mindset that starts a project, never gives up until it's done. There's no other secret. Everything you admire was built by diligence. If you feel that people go to Loyola because they're intelligent, they're making a mistake. Maybe your own daughter has not gone. People go to Loyola not just because they're intelligent, because they do lesson. They practice. Yes. People don't make a first class because they are smart. They make a first class because they study. They study the thing they don't know. They struggle to know it. And they make sure they don't forget it in the exam. Because some people know, but the exam they forget. They don't make first class. He said, but I know somebody that was so brilliant, he didn't really read. He are just living in a myth. It's a deception. They are deceived. If you don't work hard, it will show. The hand of the diligent bears through whether they are Christian, not Christian, is a principle. The reason we are going to China to get loan is that they are diligent. The reason Japan wants to loan money to Nigeria, even though Nigeria prays more than Japan, and Japan even prays, I don't know which God they are praying to, but they are still giving us money. It's because they are diligent. Principles, listen, listen. Principles are laws God put in the universe to govern the earth so that he will sleep when they are playing a soccer match. You know, when they are playing match, people are thinking, they are praying, they are thinking that God answers prayer during soccer match. No, if he answers prayer, which one will he answer? Is it the person that prayed longer? The person that fasted more? No. When people are playing match, God just relaxes. They ask you, which one will win the match? He said, the better team. He said, which one is the better team? The one that practice more and master the game. Yes. Now, once in a while, a miracle can occur. But God cannot allow football to be played by miracles. It will cause too much trouble. Yes. Once in a while. God was looking for a man. A man on whose shoulders a nation can be built. He found Abraham. Abraham was not the only man in history. So was Noah. So was Job. Even David was a man. The Bible said, I found a man after my own heart. I think the challenge you face in my limited time is the process of God finding a man. How he finds a man. When, the way God finds a man is not just a good looking man or a nice talking man or somebody that speaks very well. No. God looks at the heart. He looks at somebody who fears God. The fear of God is a restraint. It restrains you. 
Then he looks for somebody that is willing to pay the price to be competent. Develop character. Has compassion. Then develop courage. He's not afraid of other men. He looks for a man that is willing to spend the time to develop capacity, capability. Who has the courage to challenge error? Do you not know that a political system where future leaders are sponsored by people with questionable character will never produce a man? Because the moment you are elected, you are owing those who gave you money. And those people have questionable money. I want to ask you, how does a civil servant have two billion naira? How does somebody... So, that's a problem. That cannot produce a man. You should have money you have worked for. In fact, when you are a man, if they take all you have, you get it back again because what you are is superior to what you have. You can lose all you have, but you get it back because of who you are. In fact, one of the things that transformed my life is that I found that when a man has lived life and has become wise, you know, people are afraid of failure. I used to be like that. Doing something that didn't work. I used to be ashamed of failure. You took exam, jam, you didn't pass. And it's a big deal. But let me tell you something. I know my time is very limited. In this life, there are no failures. There are only setbacks and problems and challenges. Something you did that didn't work didn't mean that you failed. It means do it again. There, is a less, there are lessons you can only get by not passing something. There are lessons engineered into your destiny by God that can only be learned by failure. God will let you fail to teach you a principle that will last you a lifetime. As part of his plan. There are things you do that will not work. Because God doesn't want it to work. Because what you need in life is in it not working. Not work. If it works, you will not be the same. Marriage is one of those examples. People don't know that when you marry somebody, because you are two strangers coming together, that the first few years can be turbulent. Especially the less prepared you are. People come, they are surprised. Ah, I can't believe you are doing this. Yes, he's doing that. He's a human being. You, just, you told me you are coming to pick me. You forgot. Yes, he has too many problems. He forgot. There's no problem. Uh-uh. Um, you said you're coming to pick me after traveling for six hours I came back even the driver can pick me you say you want to come you're so excited and you're late by three hours yes she was doing her hair to look good that's why she's late by three hours you have to have the maturity in life to realize that things people do shouldn't surprise you a man is neither appointed nor disappointed a real man you have to grow you have to grow in life you have to accept responsibility. God said to Abraham, walk before me and be that perfect. God said to Moses, tell Pharaoh that Israel is my firstborn. Let Israel go. But Moses was a deliverer to the nation of Israel. God trusted Moses. He was still human. So my question this morning is, are you a man? I didn't say woman. Because all of us are man. And I know you are female. I give you honor. I respect you. Are you a man? Are you a man of God? Even if you want to say, I'm female. Are you a woman of God? Can God trust you? Can God use you? Can you produce a president for Nigeria? Can you raise a child of honor, of dignity? Presidents are raised by women. They are raised in homes. They are raised in character, in honor. They are raised. They are taught that a man never raises his hand against a woman. It's taught. That a man is courteous. A man is gentle. We are taught, be angry and don't sin. 
It's training. You train to reign in life. I want to close with these few thoughts. There's nobody under the sound of a voice, voice this morning that has any problem. If you have a problem, the only problem you have is how much of God you don't know. If you have a problem, the only problem you have is how much of God you don't know. If you take time to know God, believe me, this is true. I'm testing it. You'll find that there's no situation in this life that you find yourself that God does not have a word for you. God will create issues around you that when you seek your face, he'll give you wisdom to resolve them. And once you do, you can resolve it for other people too. That's how people get a job. When somebody's a consultant, I hope that's me, you know that. He's consulting. That means that he's solving problems because he has wisdom to resolve something because he has found a template for resolving those kind of issues, right? You don't have any problem. Just take time. God called Abraham, who became Abraham, and told him, walk with me. Learn of me. The Bible says Abraham, who became Abraham, heard the voice of God to the point that God wants to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, you're my partner. I want to talk to you. I want to destroy that city. And he stood in the cab, interceding for the city. This morning, God is looking for a man. A man he can trust. A man that will pay the price to be educated for their calling. Develop competencies. Work hard. Be diligent. Will research. Take time to find out why they were born. Nigeria, as a nation, needs a man. The citizens by themselves cannot transform a country. Transformation of a nation cannot be bottom up. Somebody must lead it and must become the model that others follow and enforce that model. In closing, in colonial America, they recognize that man, because of Adam, was inherently corrupt. They knew that. So they said, don't elect leaders who do not fear God because the corruption in man the power available to the leader is too much for a corrupt person. In Europe, in Switzerland, they believe so much in the inherent corruption of man that the three arms of government were put in three different cities so they don't interact. Three different cities. I'm serious. Not that they see that they are living in the same house. Can't you see the result? Put them so that... And they said in America, elect men who fear God who have developed restraint for themselves, who will use the rule of law to restrain the rest of society. Harvard University was founded by Puritan preachers in 1836. The first graduates were not engineers or managers. The first graduates were not educators, were not um, managers and um, economists. The first graduates of Harvard University were preachers who were taught values, that what preserves a society are values. Listen to me. That's what the Bible means when it says that righteousness, righteousness means values, exalts a nation and sin is a reproach to any people. So let me close. What makes a nation great is not natural resources. If it was, Nigeria would be one of the greatest. What makes a nation great is not the intelligence. Nigerians are some of the most intelligent people in the world. What makes a nation great is not vocabulary. What makes a nation great is not the things people think. It's not even economic theories, the Mauritian theory and those things. What makes a nation great is the wealth of their values. What makes a nation great is that people tell each other the truth. What makes a nation great is that if I buy something, and they say it's 10 kilograms, 
I don't need to measure it at home. That that 10 kilograms really means 10 kilograms. If I buy something, they say it's 100% cotton. It's actually 100% cotton. I don't need to measure it. What makes selection great is that the woman selling Gary or tomatoes at Otako Market does not put rotten tomato under and good ones on top. What makes a nation great is that people have the fear of God. That people honor each other, respect each other. They tell the truth. What makes a nation great is that a person doesn't take money that can build a hospital, that rescue the wife when she has cancer and use it to buy a jeep and a plane. That nation cannot progress. What makes a nation great is that people do not manipulate numbers. That when you take jam, even if you are the son of the president, if you fail, you have really failed. Nothing can happen about it. What makes a nation great? When Awolowo was alive, he came to the son's school, whether it's St. Greg's, and they told him he's not visiting there. And yet he was chief of Bafumi Awolowo, and he went back home. He drove back home. He didn't say, ah, Emike. They are telling me it's not this thing. They when we build the school, he went back home. That's what makes a nation great. That people have the fear of God and they obey the rule of law. What makes a nation great is that red light is red light to all of her citizens. What makes a nation great is that teachers teach not for money, but they teach for a calling because they are raising the next generation. What makes a nation great is that doctors. Even operates when somebody doesn't have money to pay their medical fees, not because they don't have a need, but because they receive a calling from God to save human life. That's what makes a nation great. I close with this simple thought that anything you do in life only for money is corruption. Because the reason you were created will function in our life even when money is not involved. I close my case. May God bless us. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.